How many of you know that our lives in God are meant to overflow? Amen? How many of you are with me? Say yes this morning. And, you know, um, many times we come, there's so many people just going with the flow rather than living in the overflow. And I want to talk to you about this area of stewardship in regards to money today. And, you know, as we come and talk about money, some of you are like, oh, man, it's my first time here. I brought a guest, and you're going to talk about money of all Sundays, of all weekends. Well, yes, it is, because it's an important topic to God, thus it should be an important topic to us, right? So we're going to talk about that. And, you know, we have misunderstandings many times about money. We have wrong priorities, bad habits. Every year we have a class that's offered not only here but throughout America and Financial Peace University usually is taught in the fall, talking about different things of house purchases and debt and savings and how to steward God's money. And uh, Dave Ramsey said, money is fun if you got some. How many of you are with me there? Money's fun if you got some. That's very true. We have wrong information many times about money and what the Bible says about it. And um, I just want to just do a little rewind really quick. Those of you that were uh, our members that were, was in our annual vision meeting in February, you heard uh, those numbers of last year, and we came through a great year of giving, tithe, and offering amongst the many things of lives that came to Christ and um, baptisms and things like that. But uh, just to kind of go back and review, some of you might not have heard that, but $1.4 million came in for tithes and offerings in 2017, and our support missionaries uh, worldwide uh, was over $100,000, our debt reduction at 36000 benevolence at over 14000 We helped those that are inside and outside the church, uh, going through difficult times and seasons, our building fund savings at 228000 so we were able to, and we're able to currently able to update and expand the bathrooms with cash without having to borrow the money. So thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's a great thing. We can pay cash. Thank you for your generosity in giving to the Lord Jesus Christ first, and we appreciate that so very much. Um, so also, we know this from last year in, in our tracking purposes, that 35% of our church never gave financially. Out of 280 members, last year we have more members now, but out of 280 members last year, about 84% gave on a regular basis, and the other 16% are not giving on a regular basis. And so there are a number of different reasons why people don't give. There is a huge list, but just a few of them, uh, I, and I know because I've talked to people about this here and throughout the years of ministry, is that some are very fearful uh, about money and giving to the Lord. There's fear that rises up. Some are, some are mad uh, about money and some are sad about money. And um, I've talked to various groups, maybe you have as well. There are some that are sad because they, they want to tithe and um, they maybe can't. Maybe the other spouse does not allow that and you're trying to be obedient to that. And, and so they, that's made you sad. And then there are those that, we, I said, are, are very fearful and, you know, all these other bills and the things to pay and the mortgage and whatever it may be. And so they haven't stepped out yet. And, you know, you're kind of like out on the end of a diving board. And, the, you know, you kind of stand there and look and you're thinking, oh, man, I'm so fearful. I, I don't know what to do. And, I mean, should I jump in at this point? And, and then there are some that are mad because they only think pastors and churches only talk about money and want people's money. And, 
as you know, in this church, we look at this very biblically, but we don't talk about money all the time here. But we want you to understand the dynamic, the spiritual dynamic in the word of the Lord as we talk about money. And so if you're mad today or whatever it may be, I just uh, pray that by the end of this message that you would know that's the wrong place to be and your heart would be open to what God is going to say to you in these next few moments. And I pray that you would jump in, that you would just jump in. See, the area of giving is just too important, and it really is a heart issue. How many of you are with me on that? Really, giving is a heart issue, not because I said it, but because Scripture tells us giving is a heart issue. So we're stewarding and and managing the money well here at Abundant Life Church, and we're so thankful that uh, we're able to do that. So I'm not here today to pressure you. But I want you to live in obedience towards the word of the Lord. And for you to understand, to walk in the spiritual dynamic, you are being obedient. We want you to discover that. Also, giving is a trust issue. We sang about trust today. What should the spirit in the room be when we bring God 10% of our income? Because that's, that's the baseline right there through the word of the Lord. What should... What should the spirit in the room be when we're giving to the Lord? And what should that moment look like? Well, Paul tells us, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a what type of giver? Cheerful giver. So he is saying this is what the spirit in the room should be or wherever you're at, when you're giving to the Lord, when you are being generous, he says you should be cheerful. Our previous church that we were part of for a number of years, that the pastor really primed that inside of the people. And so when the tithe and offering was taken up, they used to clap and shout. This, it was like a party in the room. You've probably been in a church service like that before, haven't you? Where they get the opportunity to give, and we get the opportunity to give. And so they're cheerful, and you understand that that word cheerful in the original language is the word hilarious, right? That is it. God loves it when people are freed up from greed and worry and so filled with love and trust that they get to give with joy, and some people laugh about it and say, hey, I'm one of the strong ones, I'm one of the givers, and I'm not gonna be one of the takers, amen? That's true. So this is the guilt-free zone today because I'm not going to put your arm up behind your back because it doesn't work. It may work for the few moments we have together, but by the time you hit your car door, it all changes because you and I live our convictions. So I want us to look at God's word today and look at the convictions that we should have through God's word in this area of stewardship, that we can give with joy. Now, Listen, you may say, today, you know, I couldn't give with joy uh, when, the, when the offering basket went by. And uh, so you, I'd say, okay, well, just let it go by then. You know, you can't give. Maybe you've been here for year after year after year, and you've never given. And you say, I can't give with joy. Well, fake it, will you? Year after year after year, just fake it at this level, okay? I'm not sure what people are looking for, but Okay. You know, God, God doesn't say in this passage, well, wait until you feel cheerful about it. Sometimes the joy comes first. Sometimes the giving comes first, and then the joy follows. Isn't that true? Yeah, so there's so much said in the Bible about money. Over 2,000 verses are given that talks about we have contentment and giving and greed, idolatry, work, 
budgeting, riches, savings, interest, taxes, the poor, and stewardship is what I want to talk about today. I want to focus on this word steward. The Bible is very clear that we are stewards, that we are to be good stewards of everything that God has given to us. There's a gifted author and speaker, Randy Alcorn, that talks about tithe, giving, and stewardship, and I'm going to share some of his thoughts with you today. The word steward, we are to be faithful stewards. Now, I'm not sure where this fell out of approval in our world that we live in, but you know, you hear this word many times like, ah, that's a dated term. It feels like a campaign word. It's, you know, it's, it's fallen even out of like a biblical term. And some people, no, we don't even talk about it anymore. But this is not a slogan to raise money today that I'm talking about. Steward means that you and I have been entrusted with another's wealth and property, and we are charged with the responsibility of managing it in the owner's best interest. So you and I are stewards of everything that God has given to us. He has entrusted us, so we are responsible to manage it, not only manage it, but he says, I want you to have a good investment on the return of it. Stewardship, I want to let you know, is not an elective. Are you with me? Say yes. Stewardship is not an elective. It doesn't show that in the word. It's not something that you and I can opt out of. It's not like that. Stewardship is when you get this right, you start to mature as a follower of Jesus. There is no maturity without stewardship. Are you with me? There is no maturity in our lives without being biblical stewards of all that God has given to us. Pastor Timothy Keller said, there can be no significant spiritual growth unless you put money and your attitude toward it in God's hands. It's, it's just too massive of an issue. God is saying, if you've given your life to me, you've got to talk about this issue and you need to live this issue. We know that God is a God of abundance and overflow. Isn't that true? Then money has to be a part of the conversation and trust factor. Know this, that God owns everything, and you and I are simply managers of what he's given to us. We are the money managers, we are the talent managers, and we are the time managers. Every person in this room, you're the money managers, you're the talent managers, and you're the time managers of your own life. He owns everything, we're simply managing it. You can search all through the Bible. God says, you're in charge, it's yours. It's God that he's given to us to manage. When you start in Genesis, you see the earth is the Lord's. You see Adam and Eve. God says, I'm entrusting this into your keeping and your care. I'm delegating authority to you, and I'm giving it to you. Now, you are to take care of it, and so it is ours, and we know that they messed it up. But here are a few scriptures that tells us that it all belongs to God. Everything that we have belongs to him. If you look in the Bible, and so many times we think, so many times, well, it's what I've done, and that is so prideful that we think we're in charge of our whole entire life, that we are doing God a favor when really he's entrusted us to manage the affairs of this earth. Psalm 24 and verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in the world, all who live in it, it's all his. Haggai 2 verse 8. It says, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. First Chronicles 29, 12, wealth and honor comes from the Lord and you are the ruler of all things. Wealth and honor, God, comes from you. 
1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Amen? You are not your own. You and I were bought at a price. So everything that we've been given has been entrusted to us by our creator. And we are to take care of it. We are to take care of that. You're to manage it, and I'm to manage it and take care of it. Entrusted means God wants you to get it to the proper designation. God says, I want you to use it the right way. I want you to get it from point A to point B. Now, if you and I were getting ready to mail a package and say you sent it through UPS or something, how would you feel if you gave something, a package to the delivery person and they took the package and they went and took it to their very own house? How would you feel? And when you tracked it down, you went to the delivery person's house and they had piles of UPS packages in their home. And they're like, well, I just wanted to keep them. You would be like, wait a minute, you don't understand something. You were paid and entrusted to take this package to that location, right? You, that's what you were paid to do. That's what we trusted you to do. You were just managing what we gave you. And that's the way it is with God. And God says, you're the middle person, and I want you to get it to where it needs to go. I want you to get it there. It's more than just money, but money sticks out in our heart and our head because it's such a struggle. This generation today is more willing to give time more than anything else. They'll give their life to a cause, but when it comes to money, they said, no, nah, I'll opt out. I'll give my life to this, but many times when it comes to giving the money, many times it's like, no, 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 I'm just not going to get caught up in that. You know, I've got other bills to pay. And so I want to help you today as, as we look at this area of stewarding our life. We, we many times think we just had this passed in front of us, didn't we? It just passed in front of us for our tithe and our offering. So we see this or some form in churches, where it may be. So, so many times we just think, well, it, it's stewardship is all about this. It's all what I can put my hand or just drop it above or I'm on my app and I, and I put it in there. But, but what we need to understand is when God talks about stewardship, he is saying it's more than this. It's about in the bucket of your life, that you are stewarding your whole entire life before the Lord. That, that it, this is a part of it. This is a part and parcel of it, but it is not everything. He's saying, when you gave your heart to me, you came and said, hey, I'm giving my whole heart and my whole life, so I'm coming to stand in that bucket and go, so God, I'm all in with this 100%, right? That's the life in Christ. It's getting quiet in here. So that not only is it about this, yes, this is a part of it. That goes in there. It doesn't go out there somewhere. It's in here because it's part of the stewardship of our heart, and we're being obedient to that. But how many of you know that um, when you go to water baptism, it's the same thing that, God, you're saying, hey, I want to steward my life before you. You've entrusted my life before you, and I've given it to you, and I'm all in there. And so in water baptism, you're saying, God, I used to live a certain way, and it was not good, but now I have a new life in you. And so I'm going to steward my life by living and being all in with your purposes. And then you can just keep going on and on. You can just go, wow, there's my wallet. We can take our wallets out. It all goes in there, right? It doesn't, you know, we sometimes want to take it and throw it in another location, but it's in there, right? And so it's all a part of the stewarding process. Oh, well, it's my house. No, it's not. 
No, it's my house. My, my name's on the deed. I own that. No, 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 no. You're managing that. You're managing what God has given to you in the years that you and I have life upon this earth. And so, and so I just want to let you know, your house has been given to you so that you can have a small group in it. Now you're awake. Now you're awake. Yes. Using it for the kingdom. No, it's my house. No, it's God's house. Well, no, it's, it's my car and it's my truck and I get to, and it's, and it's my boat and I get to do all that I, no, it's not. It is the Lord's first. And, and, and it's on loan to you from the Lord to do his good work. So I remember many times that uh, Chris and I, yeah, we'd hooked up the church trailer to, to the back of our vehicle, and we'd pull that thing to camp and back, and it would be full of luggage. We wouldn't put kids in the back of the trailer, but we definitely would put the luggage in there. And, uh, and uh, Pastor Mike, you know what that's like. And so you put it on there, and you just do it. Why? Because I'm just, hey, God, this is your vehicle. Load kids up in the Midwest. Hey, we didn't have a church van. Everybody, we need your vans. Help us out. Get the kids in there. Shut the door. We're driving two hours to youth convention, man. Why? Because it's what you do when you say all of this is yours. And there's many people in this church, man, you've opened up your vehicles and you, you've given up your time and your talent. You said, God, this is all yours. Well, my kid is not going on that mission trip because they are my kid. No, they are not. They are not your children first. Well, they're not going. I'm, I'm t- when we said yes to Jesus, we said yes to this to say, I'm in this thing 100%. But what happens is we cut pieces out and we say, well, God, you can have that and I'll take this and all of that. But no, when we said we are all in, we said we're all in. That God, we're in the bucket. All of me that all that I have belongs to you. See, stewardship is such a higher thinking, a higher thought. That's why he takes us there in scripture. That's why it's there. You are not your own. You are bought at a price. God wants us to get what he's called us to have upon this earth, to get it to the proper destination, to the proper place and where he's called us to be good stewards. So, when you give 10%, that's symbolic that you're living in the bucket, amongst many things. It's a step of faith. It really is. We're living in the bucket. That's what we're called to live. The dangerous part for us is when we don't live that way and we don't understand that we are stewards and that we're managing it. But I worked hard for this. I sealed the deal. I did that. And that is pride. And it's in that that we are not living as a steward. God's like, hey, wait a minute. I gave you air to breathe this morning. I put breath inside of your lungs. I kept your organs going. I kept your heart beating. Everything that I have, I've given to you, and you're managing it. It's not like fill in the blank. It changes everything. What if Christ had all of you? What if Christ had your job, your your money, your relationship, the things you're angry about? your sexual brokenness, your victories, your wedding anniversaries. Our whole lives will be found in him, Christ in you, the hope of glory. What, what would your life look like if you were found in Jesus? 
And when that happens, it changes all of you. Instead of living, wow, look at that person. Well, wow, man, well, well, look at the house. And well, well, look at the cars. And wow, well, look at the achievement. Instead of living for the well, well, let's start living for the well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. When he asks you to give something up, are you willing to do it? Because God, it's yours anyways. The stewardship question is, how much do I keep? If we, if we don't ask that, we're not stewards. Then we're acting like owners. We're taking care of what is entrusted to us. Some get to the offering and think out of the goodness of their life and the blessing of who they are, I'm going to drop this $5 in. Bing. Wow, God. What do you think about that? Right? What do you think about that? No, God, how much more do you want? How much more can I get towards you? And let me tell you this. It's been proven giving people are happy people. Did you know that? You are most like God when you are generous. We have a generous God, and we know that. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave That's right. He gave his very best, Jesus. And sometimes we miss this uh, dynamic. So Randy Alcorn, in one of his books, one of his books talks about the dot and the line. Maybe you heard this before. The dot represents this earth here, living on earth. And we have a graphic. It's a simple graphic that he shows. and, And what it shows in here is the dot represents this earth and you and I living on this earth. And the line represents eternity. And the steward says, I want to live more than just this little dot, you know, I just want to, I want to live more than just for the now, you know, and holding on to my stuff and things. Instead, I want to live for the line of eternity, and I want to live saying to God, what more do you want to funnel through me into your kingdom, God? What more do you want to pass through me and send forward into eternity? Because God, you owe it all, own it all, and I'll be the middle person. And so the point of the visual is to represent how brief the years we spend here on, our, on, on this earth is compared to eternity. Now, on average, it's 70 years. Some get more, some get less that we spend our life living here on this earth. And so in the context of eternity, those 70 years really are nothing but a dot. In reality, with our finite minds, we can't get our minds around eternity, that's for sure. But, but where are you moving towards eternity in the stewardship of your life? So the question becomes, as we make decisions, do we make those decisions with a focus on the dot or with a focus on the line? And then, so it really is about a perspective as you step back and you take a look at that. And then imagine this, you're planning a trip and say today, this coming week, you're getting, going to get on an airplane and you're going to travel overseas many hours. And now imagine you sat in your assigned seat and you notice the person next to you is hanging a curtain and uh, they're setting up some pictures, you know, and all the little trinkets in front of them mean so much. And you would think, you're crazy. I mean, what are you doing? Uh, sure, you're going to be on the plane for several hours, but this is not home. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21, he says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in where? heaven for where your treasure is your heart will be there also and this is the point Jesus is making he wants us to accumulate wealth 
He doesn't have a problem with that, but he wants us to do it in a place where those treasures will last for eternity. See, it is a total matter of where your focus lies. Are you living for the dot or are you living for the line? So when we live with eternity in view, even the task of washing dishes, mowing lawns, it becomes an investment in God's plan. Are you living for the dot? Are you living for the line? If you're a believer that's in this, in this room today or the sound of my voice, you understand this. This is not your home. As a believer, you and I are moving to an eternal home and towards that. That should be the trajectory of our eternal life in Jesus Christ. So, so let me ask you, with the things that God has put in your hand and you're keeping, stewarding all your life, are you moving closer to eternity with your stuff? Or are you just living for the now? Are you moving that forward? I'm not saying don't have a savings. I'm not saying any craziness. I'm just talking about balanced view. That are you sending it forward into eternity? Because you and I spend a lot of time working. that we are making eternal investments. I believe the blessing on our church is because of generosity to missions amongst many things that we haven't arrived yet. We continue to take on more missions every year and we love doing that. And I wanna tell you, it's encouraging to hear what God is doing in our missionaries, both inside the United States. As you know, we have the inner city, DC, Will Stroman, and, and Jay Covert and East St. Louis and some big cities throughout the nation. And then our, our missionaries that, that are doing an amazing work, or, uh, you know, across the ocean and in their nation and their continent. And, but we want to continue to be a strong missions giving church. That is the heartbeat of the Father. You know, Randy Alcorn says in the transfer of the title, from the book Money, Possessions, and Eternity. He says this, and it is, uh, I didn't have it on the mobile app, First Service, but it is there now. You can look at that. And so he has a charge there, a place for you to sign and witness, and so you can print it out. But this is what he says. I hereby acknowledge God's ownership of me and all my money and possessions and everything else I've ever imagined belong to me, including my family and loved ones. Instead of seeing myself as the ultimate recipient, I will see myself as God's delivery boy or girl, enjoying what he intends me to keep and distributing what he intends to go elsewhere. From this point forward, I will think of these assets as his to do with as he wishes. I will do my utmost to ask him and to prayerfully consider how he wishes me to invest his assets to further his kingdom. In doing so, I realize I will surrender certain temporary earthly treasures, but gain in exchange in eternal treasures, as well as increased perspective and de decreased anxiety. Do, do you know that generous people have lower anxiety levels? Did you know that? That's another proof. Not only are they happier, they have decreased anxiety levels. I mean, some people are just trying to hold on to it all. Can I tell you something? You and I cannot hold on to it all. You heard it before. It's like picking up sand and you try to, the harder you try to grasp it, it keeps going out of your fingers. You can't, you can't. It's God's. What are you going to do with it? 
what are you going to do with it? So God, we know, is an open-handed God. Even, even in Lamentation says that your, your open hand and satisfies the desires of every living thing. Talking about God. Your open hand, God. Thank God we don't have a closed-fisted God, right? Open-handed to give. I encourage you today, would you kind of just more than just step out on the diving board and just, uh, whoa, so much fear. and all. I mean, really, do you trust God with your whole life? With all that you are, where you're heading into eternity, with your money, that you and I are called to manage, with our time, our assets, all that we have been given, are you being a good steward of those things before him? And if not, I just would ask you that you would come and allow the Lord to speak to you in this moment and allow you to be an open-handed person in Christ and say, God, I just release it to you. I'm, I'm tired of holding on to this. Let me tell you something. You and I work in addition. God works in multiplication. If you just open your hand, God can multiply. God can multiply your efforts. Well, God, I think I got this covered. No, you don't. That's pride. That's arrogance. He's given us our lives so that we would manage it well and we would give it back to him in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet as we pray. Father, I thank you for your word today and I thank you that it's powerful. And God, I thank you for giving your very best in your son, Jesus Christ. You are a generous God. God, you have been a faithful God to us. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the times when we didn't even think we are going to make it through individually, personally, Lord. When we, we could even think the times we look back and think, I, we don't even know if we're going to have enough food on the table. But God, you have always provided. You are our provision and our joy. Lord, I pray today that we would step into that spiritual dynamic. And Lord, say that I'm all in on this. I give you my whole life. I will not sector it out. I will not divide it out, but Lord, I will have an open heart and an open hand to do your will for your kingdom and your glory. I pray the spiritual dynamic would come over every single one of us, Lord, and live it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said.